Welcome to UCLA Extension's Business Insights with Roger Ternaden, where we highlight hot topics and underlying economic trends useful to you. I'm thinking our podcasts must have helped our many longtime listeners as we've been pretty much spot on in anticipating marketplace twists and turns. Our intent continues to be preparation for continuing and significant future changes in our economic, financial, and job marketplaces before they happen. If you've stayed with us for the past two years, you know that the warning signs of -of out-of-control inflation, surging interest rates, falling bond prices, historically high stock market risks, and a new recession were presented about a year in advance when the Federal Reserve and Main Street economists were in denial of them. COVID accelerated these trends last year, and the Russian war continues as an accelerant to these new trends, which will impact us not only this year, but in 2023, in my view. Today, we'll take a bit more time to highlight areas that I think are crucial for you to consider. We promise to continue sharing expectations well before the markets acknowledge them, and more importantly, sharing the foundations of our thinking. It's not about trying to become an oracle, no pun intended, but it is about learning. All in all, sorry to say, we are headed in the opposite direction of globalization and will be fortunate to avoid many more severe consequences. Now is the time to do your own family SWOT. As many know, SWOT, S-W-O-T, is an acronym for an evaluation of your financial and jobs-related strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I urge you to really think about your investment and career risks with the priorities of protecting and preserving. Reduce any priorities of aggressively growing assets in that we may no longer expect a continuation of the past few decades of easy money and debt-leveraged growth. To be clear, those days are over. This podcast is intended to give you specific ideas how to navigate upcoming D globalization, spiking borrowing costs, and upcoming squeezes in business earnings and downward moving stock valuations. In my opinion, we are well into stagflation, that is, a stagnant economy with high inflation. Add to stagflation that we are facing wartime conditions, long-term changes in supply chains with trade bottlenecks and new global political alignments in process. The growing risks of losses and long-term bond investments have been highlighted in many of our 2021 podcasts, anticipating the beginning of large losses for bondholders. Most investors and those preparing for retirement own bonds, either directly or through bond exchange-traded funds and bond mutual funds. Allow me to quote a lead article from the March 24th edition of the Financial Times. Quote, bonds suffer biggest drop in decades on rate rise concerns. End quote. The byline for the same article is, quote, selling accelerates as central banks signal determination to rein in soaring inflation. End quote. I'll post this link on our SoundCloud page so you can access this entire article free of charge. For those who sold part or all of your long-term bonds last year, preparing for this year, 
Congratulations, you've likely saved yourselves from investment losses of 10 to 15% already realized and another 10 to 15% of losses just around the corner. The 10-year U.S. Treasury note about a year ago was well under a 1% interest rate, and now it's approximately 2.5%. Think about this seemingly small change of 1.5% and relate it to the Financial Times article that, quote, bonds suffered their biggest drop in decades, unquote. A further increase of another 1.5% would drop prices by another 10 to 15% for a total potential bond portfolio loss of almost a third. We covered this expectation in our podcast last year, and now it's becoming reality. There are several additional takeaways I really recommend you consider. Number one, the overall economic direction is not a total mystery. We can learn to grow and protect our investments by paying close attention to a small number of trends and cycles. These specifics continue to be discussed in our podcasts. Two, liquidity is one of the most important determinants of bond and stock prices. Look to the Federal Reserve and their policies as the Fed is the most important determinant of liquidity. Three, don't get caught up in the 24 by 7 media spin as their mission is to create drama as a lure for more listeners and higher media ratings. Take more time to consider your own alternatives to survive and hopefully thrive given the 2022 economic and jobs challenges. Here are some specific thought provokers. First of all, the Federal Reserve has now decided to fight inflation instead of continuing with their massive money printing and U.S. federal debt purchases. Even if they relent from time to time due to recession fears, they are on a new long-term trend. This is important as low borrowing costs are rapidly becoming an image in the rearview mirror. Sorry to continually repeat, but one more time, higher interest rates mean lower bond prices and lower bond prices mean lower stock prices. Number two, major supply changes will increase our household spending just to maintain status quo. Much of household spending revolves around food, utility costs, transportation, and plastics. Yes, plastics. Think for a few minutes what the following new trends will mean to you. Let's start with food. The U.S. is pretty much self-sufficient across the food chain, but we are not self-sufficient with fertilizer production, and we are not immune to climbing market prices for wheat, corn, and soybeans. These prices are set by global supply demand. These prices have already increased 20 to 40 percent in less than a year. Natural gas is the key input for fertilizer production. Europe's natural gas shortages are bound to push up natural gas, read that as liquefied natural gas, prices. Higher prices were in process before the Russia war, and since the Ukraine is pipeline central for European natural gas supplies, expect higher prices throughout this year. The same goes for oil, as the U.S. is once again demanding increasing amounts of oil from global oil exporters. Russia, with our sanctions, will ship more to China, but we'll be left trying to buy more from the increasingly unfriendly oil-producing countries. Oh, and why plastics? Look around your household. Note the number of plastic items, bottles, cans, wraps, and so forth. Plastics are made from crude oil, and much more plastic fabrication occurs outside the United States, so a double whammy is in process for future prices of plastics. 
higher crude oil prices, and a disrupted supply chain as China once again figures importantly. We in the United States have discouraged new mining for decades, so it's no surprise that many metals required for electrical wiring, think copper, auto production, think cobalt and steel, electrical circuits and semiconductors, silver, and so many more other metals have been sourced historically from Russia, Ukraine, and South America. Supply chains are now disrupted and will not return to last year's sources. We don't know tomorrow's supply chains, but it seems safe to say they will only be more expensive, and some may be way more expensive with threats of shortages. We've outsourced many key parts of our economy, and bringing production back is in process and will have significant costs and investments. For example, pharmaceuticals. China produces about 90%, 90% of all antibiotics consumed in the United States. There are so many examples. Pharmaceuticals is just one more. But the point is, the time and cost of building new local supply chains will add to product prices and thereby subtract from consumer affordability and discretionary spending. Many of our loyal listeners know that our present economic environment is not a surprise to us. We read the economic tea leaves correctly by focusing on key trends, typically those that escape the coverage of the media. Here are some of the basics that keep me focused on trends and data while tuning out those motivated by various political alliances to generate spins instead of analyses. First of all, political leaders and their supporters, especially those who are appointed and confirmed by the party in power, have an indestructible bias. They want to keep their jobs and continually get reelected or reappointed. Politicians have earned the lowest public approval rating of almost any segment in our economy. National opinion research conducted as early as January of this year found the approval rating of the U.S. Congress at 18%. On a related matter, another respected national survey rates members of Congress at the lowest rating possible based on all the other categories just below telemarketers. Congress members garnered an 8% positive vote for honesty and ethics versus 9% for telemarketers. For contrast, nurses rated 84%, with doctors and pharmacists almost as high. I don't want to count the hours that each media outlet relies on politician interviews and sound bites, especially when we all know that each media source is tied to one or the other political party. My answer to all the above, aside from strictly limiting myself to listening to media overviews and their information curation biases, is to look carefully at data to identify drivers of change. Sometimes just observing how the reporting of data is massaged reveals as much or more of the trends than the data itself. As a long-term example, and we've covered this in past podcasts, housing prices were actually included in America's consumer price index between 1953 and 1983, and then they were removed for political reasons. This was likely a response by leadership at the time to distract those who equated the CPI with inflation with the motivation additionally to influence lower growth in Social Security payments that are effectively indexed by the consumer price index. We've also called attention to hedonics, H-E-D-O-N-I-C-S. Hedonics, I encourage you to Google that. 
Hedonics are continually used by the Bureau of Labor Statistics to recast price increases downward for similar motives, to report lower inflation and to keep the Social Security system viable as long as possible by limiting increases. Car inflation, for example, is always toned down by the hedonics as the assumed car improvements are deducted, leaving a new, lower consumer price index for autos. Never mind, 50 or 60 years ago, a top-of-the-line Chevrolet could be easily bought in the $2,000 range versus today's $25,000 to $35,000 range, and that by itself is a 5 to 6% compound rate, and that's after the hedonics have been used to discount arbitrary prices of enhancements. Many items in the CPI are similarly massaged down to the point that private research companies have continually estimated true inflation at about double the rate of the official consumer price index. Why should I care? Well, now official inflation is reported between 6 and 7% and going up, and private estimates are in the 10 to 12% range and going up. So we now report high official inflation plus the issues of higher government and corporate debt. And to me, that's a perfect storm. And the Russia-Ukraine war is kind of the icing on the cake. High inflation is reducing the profits of corporations with the worst yet to come. Even if the Russia-Ukraine war reaches a ceasefire soon, the damage to debt and supply chain breakages have brought us to the point where we will feel the impact for years to come. The Fed can't print their way out of today's issues as they've done since the 08-09 Great Recession. It's quite likely that another recession is in process right now as a part of this perfect storm. Higher interest rates won't dampen inflation, but a deep recession resulting from higher interest rates promises to do so sooner rather than later. Let's not forget about the jobs market. Where will the jobs market benefit in this environment? Aerospace, defense, electronics, software, and technology companies of all kinds will ramp up even more in their hiring. The government is already raising more future debt to fund more federal spending. And today, the Biden administration has proposed a 5 to $6 trillion budget for next year, which is twice the amount of money that the government raises through taxation. Congress is under more pressure from lobbyists, figuring out how to contribute to re-election campaigns, and our regard for politician honesty and ethics speaks for itself. Any profession or career may have ways to hitch their futures to these companies that benefit, especially software designers, coders, and engineers of all specializations, plus support functions like HR project management, contract accounting, and supply chain management. There's a major long-term trend that we are embarking on, so we just as well embrace it career-wise. Please recall that our podcasts that began pre-COVID are intended to help you get on top of major economic and finance trends so you can benefit in accumulating not only assets, but relevant career and jobs preparation. All our podcasts, which one listener favorably compared to a master's degree in lifestyle enhancement, (laughs) are still available to you at UCLA Extension's Business Insights webpage and our SoundCloud account. 
Many educators and trend analysts do not make all their analyses historically available for listeners or readers, and you can imagine the reasons, but we have stood the test of time, at least so far. My final suggestion today is to encourage you to view the U.S. economy both separately and together with the Russian-Ukraine war. First, separately. There are important long-term trend changes inside our economy regardless of this war and very much are separate from the war outcome. For example, we as a country have become so deeply indebted that the sale of future U.S. debt obligations will become a serious issue. Using the dollar as a weapon to punish Russian leadership gives new impetus for China and Russia to deploy competing global financial networks. And it's not out of the box to consider many buyers of our past U.S. debt will not be future buyers. This is the time that the Federal Reserve has consistently been a buyer of about 50% of pretty much all U.S. new Treasury debt offerings, and they are having to pull back to fight inflation. In other words, they're going to be printing less new money for our out-of-control spending federal government. Consider the U.S. on its pathway since at least the Great Recession of 08-09. We do now have major debt and economic stagnation issues. And now consider the impact of the Russia-Ukraine war. We are on track to spend even more money as a nation and issue more new debt providing more armaments and humanitarian aid of all kinds. As globalization reverses into localization, we will absolutely have more supply chain issues, including agricultural issues and natural resource challenges just mentioned. My own view is that we should consider formally facing a future of Russia-China collaboration, as well as a move by China on Taiwan plus increasing debt defaults by emerging nations, as well as the U.S. companies who have bet big on global finance derivatives and Russia-China investments. We've just seen a global margin call in the London Metals Exchange and the bankruptcy of China's largest real estate developer. We've also seen the largest global supplier of industrial metals lose 97% of its value in Russia. These and other events, including Russia's capture of many U.S.-owned commercial aircraft, are bound to create big ripple effects in the U.S. banking, trade finance, and leasing businesses. We're only at the beginning of these major disruptions. So focus on preserving your money investments. Avoid aggressive investing and counting on economic growth to bail everything out. Yes, we're facing a perfect economic storm, which will have many political spins in the weeks ahead and many financial market rallies. But pay attention to where we are and where identified trends are taking us. Please do an increasing amount of your own fact-finding independently of the so-called 24-hours news cycle. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the many new thoughts focusing on new and significant trends, I invite you to view Danielle DiMartino Booth's interview with the author of Think for Yourself, Restoring Common Sense in an Age of Experts in Artificial Intelligence. This book is available from Amazon for about $12. Again, the title is Think for Yourself, Restoring Common Sense, in an age of experts in artificial intelligence. And you may view the link to the interview. Please plan to spend a little bit more than an hour on the interview. So take care, stay vigilant, and be cautious.
be sure to email us at rtornadin at uclaextension.edu on more specific questions, which we will answer either personally or select as part of our future podcast. Hosted by Business and Legal Programs Director Roger Tornadin. This podcast is presented by UCLA Extension and produced by Jamie Moss at Studio 10960. These podcasts are made for educational purposes and are not financial advice. The goal is to educate and provide resources on focused economic and job trends with the latest support research so that you can make more informed financial and career decisions that best suit your personal needs. UCLA Extension offers more than 5,000 online and in-classroom courses taught by over 2,000 leading practitioners to help you get from here to there. For more information on this podcast or our financial and legal programs, please check us out at www.uclaextension.edu. We know it's about your life, not just your money.